0: Thank like you so Talk Shimmy. Recorded live. Welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if it, that didn't sound like our normal intro, we have a reason for that. Uh, we are currently having technical difficulties. Uh, once again, uh, we are at the mercy of the technological gods. It's put us at a disadvantage, but Soup and I are troopers. We're going to carry on. We're going to do it uh, without the, without the the drops. Uh, with that being said, welcome to the TMB uh, College Football Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Banks. I am joined by the one, the only, Soup. Thanks. Glad to be here again.
1: I actually can't believe we've gone. For, this could be our fourth show. I figured it'd die off after two, but eh, seems people like it. People are getting more involved, so hopefully we can keep them going for for off season at least.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is going better than expected, uh, and we're putting a lot of time in the in the you know during the week to prep for our opponents and uh, bring people you know very good content and uh, try to mix it up. We had a bunch of phone calls last week, so, you know, it would be nice if we can grab a couple more this week. We'll see. Uh, We're on a different day. We had a delayed a week because of personal work issues and such. Um, And so here we are. And with that being said, uh, not only has the podcast been on fire, our league has been on fire. Last week we had some amazing matchups down to the wire. Uh, We had our first tie. We had uh, a game decided on the very last play of the very last game of the night. Uh, Soup, your thoughts on on week three? Uh, I thought it was a very fun week. Uh, like you said, there was a lot of close
1: matchups. It had it had what seemed like the whole league watching well into the night. Uh, you really don't get that often. I thought Quirky caught a really tough break uh, facing me and Twenties this week. The first and third highest scoring teams in the league in a must must win situation for him. So uh, he came out and put up a, a pretty decent number. Good enough going at least one and one in most weeks, uh, two and O in some weeks. And, uh, it just unfortunate and went zero and two. Uh, another thing, Jigga's team exploded out of nowhere. He ended up going two and O this week with the second highest scoring team. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny when he, when he's tried to win this season, he's and four, but the minute he sells off, you know, looking forward to next season, he wins both games. So that's kind of the story of Jigga, I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, perhaps the best feeling of the night, even better than my wins, was seeing Darren Carrington catch that third touchdown uh, for Ward to give you the victory. Uh, I don't know if it was the the crown in me or just the, the fact of seeing you lose after being all high and mighty on your team all season, but that was the highlight for me this weekend.
0: Uh, I will say uh, the dream of 19-0 and 0 was legit until that touchdown happened, and I, I, I will curse those fucking youths to the high heavens, that was, that was beyond heartbreaking for me. Um, You know, and after that subsided, uh, I turned my attention to the Jay matchup and uh, he was down, you know, a few points going into that final drive. And uh, you know, Patterson threw a couple of passes there uh, to lodge lodge dropped what would have been like a 12 yard completion, which would have completely locked the game up for Jay. Um, He would have went two and Oh, but he dropped the ball. A couple plays later, uh, they moved the ball down a little bit. Uh, thanks, to Patterson. Lodge got another pass that he dropped. It uh, got the ball knocked out of. Um, you know, so that again would have happened. And then, of course, you know, fourth and goal, or fourth in, in, in distance, and um, you know, needing only down, you know, two t- two scores. So they needed a touchdown. They needed a field goal, or however way you want to cut it. Uh, Ole Miss, for whatever reason, decided to kick uh, go for it instead of just kicking the field goal. Um, and then getting the onside kick, which was really stupid. Uh, they ended up getting a penalty that brought them back five yards. Uh, the announcers were really like head scratching it. Of course, uh, they snapped the ball and Patterson loses seventeen yards on a sack, and Jay loses uh, loses his uh, his two and zero to end up falling in a tie. I think that's our first tie. Correct, soup first regular season tie. Right, off the top of my head, you got to figure with the
1: the uh, the decibel places going two places out that uh, they're probably I mean there's probably not a there's probably a low percentage that there's ever gonna be a tie. And uh yeah. that's the first one I can remember in recent memory.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy uh to to be able to do that. I mean there's so many things that go into scoring each and every week from defenses, fumbles, interceptions to get a tie is it's probably gonna be once in in every fifteen year type thing. So um, you know, the the league definitely, uh, I think, in my opinion, closed up a little bit. Uh, you saw you saw a lot of tight games, even, even the ones that we didn't mention. A lot of the other games were a lot closer than anticipated. Um, I think the scoring was down overall a little bit this week um, as teams are starting to get into conference play and stop playing the cupcakes. I think we'll see a little bit of the same here uh, in week four. Um, you know, your overall thoughts of, of the final week, uh, Soup? That's, I mean, I hope. I mean for most
1: for our sake I hope most weeks are like that. I think it added a different element. Uh rather than seeing blowouts you saw I think someone mentioned in Group Me at one point like everybody was like in like a twenty point window it seemed like. So I mean it was really exciting. There was a lot of games going on back and forth and uh it was a lot of fun. I hope I hope it happens again this week.
0: Yeah, I think we had a lot of people up at 2 a.m. watching uh, the end of those games. Um, Of course, the game subsided, and and we got into a little bit of more league drama. And what is our league without drama? It is nothing. Uh, Fran, once once again, was in the news uh, as he um, started N.O. Benjamin from Arizona State, uh, who gave him zero points, which isn't that bad. But when you see that he's actually fourth on the depth chart, and he had players on the bench, and he just did this the week before. Obviously, the league was not very happy with what happened. Um, you know, we'll take this in part, Soup. Your thoughts on him going back-to-back uh, with the illegal rosters? I mean, I don't know. I I don't buy
1: the whole I didn't know if we. I couldn't do that rule. I mean, it's Fran. He's won the league the last two seasons he clearly knows what he's doing um i mean i buy that he was busy and maybe after a trade someone got subbed in or something i mean I don't, i'm not going to call him a liar there but i don't think negligence is an excuse uh but i'll give frank credit i mean he's not fighting it he's he was he gave, he gave his he said his piece and he's like if this is the rule you know i mean do it to me i mean so i mean hopefully we don't have any more instances of this happen in the future and we can put it all behind us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, you know, obviously we, the league was a little split last week on, on the conversation. We didn't bring it up on the podcast because really it's a, it's a negative piece of things, but we, we've as a league voted on, uh, you know, going with a, a faux a fake, uh, standings. And then, you know, adjusting, you know, final records and draft picks based off of that on any kind of occurrence. Are you pretty happy with that, or where we ended up? Uh, I know at one point we were mandatory five-pick drop on, on, you know, on one of these things, and then we've tweaked it to that. Uh, do you think that's more in line with where we should be, Soup? Yeah,
1: I agree. I thought – well, I mentioned when the vote came out that, I mean, I thought he was guilty, but I didn't like the punishment. I thought it might have been a little too harsh for – because, I mean, and multiple people said it, it. Even if you sub in, you know, guys that are starting, he still loses by quite a bit. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but, I mean, you're just trying to set a precedent here. And, I mean, and you, you can't fluctuate on your rules depending on who it is and depending on the severity of the of the penalty. I mean, you got to have one rule. And if you don't follow the rule, that happens. So I think it's okay, you know. You'll add them to whatever, and then maybe if you start getting people that are re- repeat offenders, maybe have something a little more harsh. But I thought overall, you know, everybody got to put their input in, uh, so I think that makes a lot of people happy. Uh, they they don't want it to be a dictatorship; they want everybody to have a say. So I think uh, I think it was accomplished what we wanted to do, and I think
0: the outcome is what everybody wanted. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, I don't want to, uh, as now re- acting commissioner, I don't want to be a dictatorship. I also don't want the in- inmates to run the asylum. I feel like you can't do that back-to-back and, and get away with nothing. So I'm glad we got a happy medium there. Obviously, in the off-season, there's a lot to discuss um, from incentives for tankers, some, you know, maybe try to look at that topic again, and maybe some other stuff. Obviously, we always have a, a, gl- a, a ton of topics to go over. Um, speaking of a ton of things to go Real over. Real quick. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I wanted to break up this point. Sure. I, I, I mentioned,
0: if this would had been Jigga,
1: what do you think the league reaction would have been?
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I think that if it was one of the more polarizing figures in the league, and it doesn't have to be specifically Jigga because there's more than Jiga. No, no. But, yeah, just, just, I, I mean, yeah. I think that um, everybody would have – I mean, I don't think we would have gotten to the fake standings. I think everybody would have hit him with the five-game ban and had no – you know, wouldn't have gave a shit. Like nobody, I think because Fran is respected, like he won the league last year. Um, I think he's generally not a person that makes a lot of waves. I think people, you know, didn't want to, to come down on him harsh, which is fine. But I think if it was Jigger or someone who was more polarizing, it would have been like, well, you, you made your bed, especially two weeks in a row. And I think they would have hit him with the five game ban, No problem. How about you? What do you think? Uh-huh. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Uh,
1: it's unfortunate that some think that different rules apply to different people, but uh, what it is, I mean, we all voted on it now, so that'll be the rule going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and at least it's established and it's there. And so, you know, moving forward, if, or at least first-time offenders, et cetera, um, you know, it's there, it's in place, and then we can look at maybe something more severe for multiple offenders, et cetera um you know it's just it just sucks cuz like we put money in we're we're generally fun loving um you know after the first warning you would hope that Fran would have been wiser and not gone that second you know gone that second week with the same exact issues um you know t- he had one point mentioned that I didn't mention no last week and he was in the starting lineup and it's like you know I ain't going to sit here we're grown men I-, I take enough time out to run the league and and run a podcast I'm not going to check everybody's damn uh line up and tell you what's okay and not okay. I mean, just use some common sense. I but, mean, several, you
1: know. several guys in the league agreed with that sentiment. They figured it should have been pinpointed which players shouldn't be starting. And yeah, I, mean, I don't and know if I, ne- I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion.
0: Yeah, I know. A lot, I And I know a few people said that and, and it, it irritated me to no end because it's like, you know, I, I mean, come on guys. I, I don't know. I guess it's, I I don't know. I just, it it bothered, that stance bothered me, but I mean, hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, and so we move forward, I guess. Uh, And moving forward, we had a bunch of trades uh, that went down over the last few days. We had a couple that actually went down before week three, but after our podcast. So we'll catch up on those and then we'll get on uh, to the deals that happen also this week after the week uh, after week three games. So I'm going to start off. Uh, Jigga was an awfully busy man uh, post uh, pre week three, and then post week three as well, he continued to sell off. Um, we'll start with his first trade that happened right after our podcast. He sent uh, he actually sent an eighth round pick to improve his team, and he ended up picking up Jason Pass from 20s and and 20s also sent a uh, fourth 14 drum pick, so just to balance out the picks um your thoughts on pass soup it's actually Jawan pass oh my fault AKA,
1: sorry aka puma pass uh, seems like a an odd trade for jiga considering he was selling off uh but it seems like a pretty minor deal uh if lamar jackson goes pro i think pass is he's he's next in line in that high powered offense so Um where I kind of ridiculed him on not taking my trade, getting a quarterback for the future, he kind of makes up for it here. So, But, I mean, if Lamar Jackson stays, then
0: he gave away a throw pick for nothing because you're not going to keep a guy like Pass if
1: he's a backup.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think you're – I was actually going to make that same point. This goes back to the trade he made earlier when he had an opportunity to take the TCU um You know, quarterback, uh, the next guy in line there, and instead took another running back. Um, He had to make another move here. Um, You know, I'm not. It's it's minor. It's not that big. Um, You know, there's a lot of there's a ton of quarterbacks, especially freshmen, pop up every year. I mean, it's it's a it's a nothing burger for me. Uh, Moving on to another Jigga trade, he made a deal with Jade. This one was substantially bigger. Um, He ends up Jigga sends uh, Rodney Smith. Zach Moss and Sam Darnold, along with a couple of filler picks. Um, and Jay ends up sending over to Jigga uh, Michael Carter, running back out of UNC, Jacob Park, uh, QB out of Iowa State, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver from Michigan. Um, Jay also sends a third, fifth, and seventh-round pick over to Jigga. So Jigga is restocking on all those picks that he uh, traded away you know, during the offseason that just passed. Uh, your thoughts on the move, Sue? I'm really not sure why Jay made this, tray. Um
1: I think he could have got a, possibly gotten a better package, given up a running back like Michael Carter and a receiver like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, not sure that Jay needed Darnold, but I know he was looking to move Balk, and he preferred Darnold's schedule later compared to Shea Patterson. I think Patterson has a rough schedule here in a few weeks. Uh, I thought Rodney Smith is a solid running back pickup. Uh, for him, but it seems like Moss is really struggling to find a role in uh, the new Utah offense. Uh, but he's young. He's soft. I think he believe he's a sophomore. So he's definitely got a keeper, uh, keeper mature option there. Uh, the good news is for Jay, for Jay is he made out like a bandit in that pedestal.
0: So this shouldn't hurt him too much. No. Uh, I think um, this, we briefly discussed, you know, if some teams were on the hot seat, you know, was it a, a do-or-die week for them? I think Jay, Corky, Burt, I think those guys were on, on that fence that they needed a big result. And I think Jay likes his team and knew he needed to to upgrade a little bit, and this was the best he was going to get that early in the season. Um, you know, I don't think there was a lot of teams outside of, you know, Stex, uh, and Jigga and Fran that were selling. And at that point, you know, Stex and, and Fran didn't really have much for Jay. So Jigga was really the only option. So I, I feel like this was maybe a little f- – he was forcing his hand a bit. Um, I, I like the return for Jigga, man. I, I, I'm i a big, big fan of uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's going to be a, a good uh, player for Michigan, um, you know, next year. And I think Michael Carter is, is going to be, a, a you know, a big-time uh, – fantasy producer next year for UNC. He's he's solid this year, but next year he'll be really good. Um, for Jigga, again, I mean, for Jay, again, it's it's more veteran guys to help him make that push for, you know, maybe one of the final seeds into the playoffs, um, you know, and, and and they're all guys that he could maybe even eventually flip. Um, Darnold pickup might be, uh, you know, he, he did it because of matchups, but now with Patterson losing, uh, having a rough schedule, plus losing his number one wide receiver possibly, um, you know, it, it takes a bigger hit, so Darno comes into play even more. So, uh, he didn't know that at the point. I think that was the final deal that got done before week three kicked off, um, but after our podcast. But, you know, that, that, that was a, a pretty big deal. Uh, and I think that might serve Jay, uh, better off. Um, another deal involving Jigga, again, not a huge deal, but I think it was, it was a good pickup. It, it involved with O, O sent a third round pick. Uh, and Jigga sent uh, back to O Patrick Laird running back out of uh, Cal, um, who's who's had a pretty good run of it since uh, Watson went down with an injury. Uh, Soup, your thoughts on the pickup? Uh, Cal's really str-
1: struggling to throw the ball this year, and they're leaning more heavily on the run game. Um, I mean, O picking up Laird to me, all he did was move back four rounds. I think that's a major. Hashtag major oh not minor major deal for O. I think you'll be able to add him into the mix at running back, and he's a guy that's got a couple of years left. So uh, with Watson out, he's going to be the bell cow in that system, and he, he actually looked pretty decent last week against old Miss, and I think that'll continue as they continue to play uh, Pac-12 teams where the defense isn't as good as you know most of the other teams in the Power Five conferences.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, Patrick looked pretty good against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is, is SEC. They've been recruiting well. Um, those are big boys. That was a challenge for him, and he and he still produced pretty well, all things considered. So uh, to pick him up for a third, that's not bad. He, you know, that's that's not a bad deal whatsoever. I mean, O didn't have to, you know, O did get back a seventh instead of one of those like 13th, 14th round type picks. So, I mean, if he's not really dropping that much further down in the draft, and he's picking up a guy that is more than likely going to be a keeper next year for him. So I, I like the deal. I agree with you. I think O, o did well. Again, Jigga is just trying to collect draft picks at this point, Gets a third rounder for next year. Um, Jigga made another deal, this time with Burt. Um, this was right after uh, week three ended here. Uh, I think this happened uh, either Monday. I think it was Monday, Sunday or Monday. Uh, Jigga sent uh, Tavares Martin Jr. out of Wazoo who had a pretty big game with Falk returning uh, from his concussion. He also uh, send, sent over uh, some filler picks, 12th-round, 13th-rounders. And Burt sent a second-rounder and an eighth-rounder to Jigga. Um, a, a number two, that's that's pretty good value, I would think, for Jigga. But your thoughts on the deal? To me, Martin's always been
1: a boomer bust kind of player. I think Jigga did a good job of selling high here. Uh, I think second a second-rounder is the max you could ever hope for uh, to get from a player like Martin. Uh, Burt needed to make a move. Um, he's sitting at four and two. He's only a game back, but there's a couple of teams in the league clearly better than him. Uh, if Martin could show any kind of consistency, he'll be a great pickup. Uh, I will point out, during the Oregon State game, Martin appeared to suffer a leg injury, but I have no idea how serious that is. They showed him later. He was back on the sideline and I haven't seen any reports from practice this week. Leach usually keeps that pretty close to the to the vest, so uh, he should be fine. Uh, but I think if uh, he'd get anything close to the kind of production he did last week, then Burt got a nice little player there.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I think that uh, it's a nice move for Burt. Um, you know, like you said, Burt, I think there's Burt, there's Trofe, um, there's Jay, and I think those guys are going to be the ones battling it out for that final uh, playoff spot. I think that's how it's kind of winding out. Maybe taxes included in that. I think those four guys are going to be, you know, they're battling it out for the final spot. So uh, boosting his team. Uh, Wazoo, wide receiver. Again, you said sometimes he's feast or famine, but it's a good move for Bert, I think. And, again, Jig is accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. He's going to probably have, like, you know, Thirteen or fourteen picks in the first three rounds, so he's going to be able to really load up on his roster uh, next year in the draft. Um, uh, It
1: seems seems familiar, like
0: maybe we've heard this story before somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think he did it this year, and he went the route. I mean, he did the opposite route of what Ward did. I mean, Ward went and got drafted mostly established guys who are going to be you know, productive fantasy players where, you know, he went young. So maybe he'll flip the script and, and, and take Ward's blueprint and and change up his style. But I don't know, Jigga seems to like the young freshmen and the, the guys that are, you know, that are raving in camp that necessarily don't uh, blow up year one. So we'll see how, how it ends up going for him. He made another trade this time. This was with me. Um, he picked up, uh, I, I sent him Marcus Calloway and a fourth-round pick. And he sent me uh, on Johnson out of Auburn, and a filler pick, a 12th rounder. Um, at the time, I, I was at my roster. I was a little bit uh, worried about a running back situation with the injury to uh, to Hicks um, out of TCU, and also with Amon Richards um, battling his hammy. Uh, I had a lot of bye weeks and also some other injuries and, and so this was that for me this is why I made the move. I thought a fourth round pick was okay. Um I like the upside on Johnson if he's healthy splitting carries in that team. Obviously he's going to be the second back, but you know, Auburn he, he can produce. Um but your thoughts, soup? Yeah, I'm not sure how much you needed him, but I I like the pick up for you uh if nothing
1: else it'll give you a nice matchup rotate flex option as the season goes on. Yeah. And I mean Jigga picks up a possible keeper option
0: in Callaway and a fourth round pick. So I thought it was a nice fair trade for both. Yeah. I mean, Jigga has, uh, you know, had a good, I would say, for what he's trying to accomplish, he's he's knocked it out of the park the last two weeks. He's uh, refilling that that uh, cupboard with draft picks um, from, you know, second and third rounders, fourth rounders. He's, he's filling it up. So, I think his, his worst, his latest pick might be only an 11th-round pick. So that just shows you he's, he's packing up his picks early. Uh, he may have a little talent still left, but I don't think there's much. But, you know, he's going to be active as always. Uh, the final deal just happened uh, a few, you know, I guess 48 hours ago. It's very fresh. Um, it involves me and Corky. Uh, Cork sent, uh, sent me uh, Deontay Burnett out of USC, wide receiver. And Nick uh, Schimanic uh, out of Texas Tech, the starting quarterback there. Uh, he also sent some filler picks at so 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, I, on the other hand, sent him uh, uh, Josh Jackson out of uh, Virginia Tech, freshman quarterback. Amon Richards, uh, wide receiver out of Miami. Mike Epstein, freshman running back out of Illinois. A second, a fifth, and a seventh. Um, you you've been vocal in group me about your feelings on the deal, but go ahead. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you put it on tape. I don't think I've been vocal. No, you haven't? No. Oh, well then unleash the beast. Let me know what you think about this deal, Soup.
1: I mean, typically when you're moving guys, you know, a top five quarterback and a, what is it, like I think it's top six or seven receiver, you probably want to announce that to the group and <laughs> get some and offers. Maybe you kind of drive up the price for them. But uh, from talking to you, it sounds like y'all have had this trade in the works for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure how much someone like Nick Sheminick would have got from just trading them by himself. Just the fact that you know we've already got teams that seems like they're tanking and rebuilding, and anyone who's competing seems like they already have their quarterback. So you might have been the only place that made sense for someone like him. Uh, Burnett, I, I'm being a junior. I think I think that, yeah, he should at least put him on the market separately to see what he could – what kind of offers. Even if yours ended up being the best offer, I think he could have seen what else was out there. Um, he got he got some nice players back. He got a really good freshman quarterback out of Virginia Tech who, I mean, he's not any typical freshman. He's putting up numbers already. And then he got nice little flavor of the week, Epstein, out of Illinois. I mean – it seems every year we see a freshman running back burst into the burst onto the scene and you never you never know how their career is going to go after that but at least currently he looks like he's going to be the number one back there going forward uh I was kind of surprised you were able to pull off this trade without giving up your first um I don't know I uh, it might still be a fair deal without it but I figured moving two players like that he would push a little harder for first I know you had mentioned that I don't know if this was a private conversation or if this was in a group me somewhere that you were actually like pushing other players his way, but mm. he kind of, he kind of handpicked himself that we wanted. Can we yeah. go a little bit more into that, that whole process?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll dive into that. Um, well, I mean, I think uh, first thing I want to say is I completely 100% believe in what you said. And that is if you're trading players away, put them in group me, advertise the shit out of them sell the shit out of them, try to get a market, try to leverage people, try to get a deal that way. That's how I've always dealt. When I lost out on shit, I can't remember now the player. It happened a couple of weeks. I think you picked him up soup. Um, I was salty because like, I didn't even get a, I didn't get a text. I didn't get a a response back. I think it was a deal with Jigga or something like that. And I'm just sitting there like you have, you have a guy who's willing to spend and then you don't even, you don't even approach them. So I would always, If you're going to sell players, put it out there, try to get a deal. With that being said, I'm pretty sure Corky had a market. Um, I believe a couple of people were speaking with him over the last few weeks along with me. Um, I think Trophy came out and said it. Uh, I'm not sure if Jay was also in on it uh, and maybe even Burt. Um, but I, I think Jay might have been in it. I'm um, for sure Trophy was in it. I was in it. Um, I, I spoke to Corky a couple weeks ago, man. I saw, you know, his his team got off to a bad start. I, I we were discussing quarterbacks. Um, so it was Nick, and he at that point was trying to trade me Rosen. Um, I wasn't sold on Rosen. I thought, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more. Um, once he had a second bad week, I, I kind of started to, you know, get my mind moving and saying, Hey, I need a quarterback, but I also, I, I want to fill my spot at wide receiver. So that's when Burnett came into the picture and I started trying to work with that. I essentially offered him every single player. Um, well, I, I offered him Tilford. I, I gave him about, I want to say nine names that I was willing to trade or, or put into a deal. Um, obviously, uh, my picks were all in play that I had available to me. Um, And I told him he can, he can build the deal off of that. I included Josh Jackson in that group. Um, I figured to get a deal, uh, you know, of this magnitude with these, you know, you're talking about two top five players at their position. I'm going to have to give him something worth a shit. I didn't think the Georgia tech quarterback was going to do it. So I threw him in there um, and he handpicked it. Um, Saturday after the game, uh, after the games were over, he was in Vegas. I, I, I mentioned something, and he kind of blew me off and Sunday he kind of blew me off and then Monday he kind of blew me off and then Tuesday I was like dude you know I got to get a deal going because I, I, I'm I'm kind of struggling and he was like well we have till Friday so I was like all right um <clears throat> you know I, I just kind of sat back and and then all of a sudden he he sent me a text and he was like you know this is who I want and it was it was essentially this package it was exactly this package it was uh Jackson, Richards, and and Epstein. Two, I think it was a two, four, and five. I didn't have a four, and I was kind of not sure if I wanted to move Richards. So we were discussing some other players. I tried to throw Tilford and um, the running back out of Arkansas in there, but he wasn't really interested in that. So he, he kind of we kind of just settled at this. Um, yeah, but I mean, I thought there were some freshmen on my team like uh, Regor and Tilford that were really guys that I thought he would really want because um, i i value them as you know f- you know freshmen that i think are going to make a big impact n- next year um but he didn't want to go that direction i get why he wanted Richards. richard produced last year he's probably going to be really really good once he sees the field and um you know miami hasn't played for a few weeks um epstein has talent um and jackson is i think uh, last time i checked after three weeks he's uh, i think 12th um in quarterback ranking as as a freshman in that offense, and he's only going to get better. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I went with it. I, I don't know uh, wh- exactly, you know, Corky's thinking. Uh, I would love to get him on to to have him tell me, you know, why he didn't like some of the other players. But, yeah, everybody was kind of involved, Soup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I didn't know. I mean, exactly. I, I, did, I didn't even mention Richards on the trade. I, I forgot to add him in there. But, yeah, I mean, he's, what, only a sophomore, so. I mean that's a guy that's going to come back next year. I uh, fortunate, unfortunate he hadn't played this year yet, you know, due to weather and also that hamstring. But hopefully he gets out there this week, and you could kind of see because I mean he ended the last year, he ended the end of last year pretty on a, on a high note. And yeah. I know he a lot a lot of people are high on him, including yeah. yourself going into this season. So that's also a nice little piece that he added yeah. to this. Great.
0: I'm sorry. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly thought he was going to take Tilford. I, I thought Tilford was, I, I mean, honestly, just the way I look at it, I think Tilford's going to be a beast. Um, so I was surprised that he wasn't included. Of all the players that were, that were offered to him, uh, that was the only surprise that wasn't included in this deal. But, you know, hey, everybody judges these kids differently and who they like and who they don't like. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we ended up. I, I, for me at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I still have, uh, you know, the TCU wide receiver. I still have Tilford and I have a first rounder. So I have assets still to move if, if injuries occur and, and I can do something at that point. Um, yeah. And with that being said, uh, soup, uh, that was all of our hot stove action. That was all of our trades, obviously. There's probably still more discussions going on. Obviously, there's four or five teams battling it out, what it seems like, you know, those final playoff spots or jockeying for those positions. Um, so, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot more moves going on, so we'll see what this week uh, entails. Um, and with that, we'll we'll talk about power. I'm really, uh,
1: real quick, I'm really curious to see what O ends up doing. I know he's 2-4. and four. And I know he mentioned he was on the pod last week and said that he doesn't really like selling off in tank and tanking. He likes trying to compete and win and buy. And, but if he loses another one or two games this week, it'll be real interesting to see if anybody will pay up to get someone like Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah. Um, Lamar is going mean, <laughs> to, uh, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's, He's 50 points a week, so I mean, it, it is what it is. He's a difference maker, and if you have a top team and you can pry him and get an additional 10 points or 12 points more a week, uh, you know, it, it it will be interesting. I think he has favorable matchups this week, to be honest. So I would I would uh, I would expect him to at least go one and one. I mean, he's playing Fran, so I would say he's going to at least go one and one. And then he's playing Trophy, so you never know if if Jackson goes off. I mean that's been his bell cow. I think it's pretty obvious the rest of his roster is lacking and Jackson's been the, been the one um you know holding it down for him. So we'll see what he's able to do. Um I, he's kind of in a holding pattern as he said. Um I, I want to transition into the power rankings. Obviously the league votes and sends them in. Um I heard there was some controversy before we dive into him, Soup uh with uh with somebody basing their power rankings, or maybe having their power rankings thrown out of the equation, do you want to dive into not only the power rankings, but maybe that controversy? Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna let
1: you contribute if you're gonna base on something so just so retarded. They would just throw a wrench in the whole rankings. There'd be no no point in even doing them because they would just be so out of place, uh, out of what you know what everybody else voted. And that was Jigga. Jigga. Jigga voted strictly off whatever, whoever, like, what, off the point totals from last week. I think he was happy to be the second highest scoring team, so he's going to try to take advantage of that. But I said, nuh-uh, and I burnt that shit in a fire. So uh, we still got five, or I think five, five more uh, participation ballots in. So that being said, I'll uh, start off with number fourteen. Uh, I think he was last on everybody's ballot. Fran. And thirteenth we have Stex coming in at twelve. We had Jiga. Uh, at eleven, we had Quarky. And tenth we had J. We actually had a tie at eight. They had the same amount of volts, uh, Bert, and tackies are tied at eight. And seventh we have Heaves. And sixth we had O. And fifth we had Trophy fourth, we had Ward. And in third, we had 20s.
0: And that concludes the power rankings for the week. No, wait. You didn't put two and one. Oh, I didn't? No. Do did we second ever change the top from last week? No, we do not. Oh.
1: Even even though I did appear first on a ballot, which I think would probably be changed after the trade you made, I was in second and you were in first. Mm. Uh, anything stick out to you on those power rankings? I thought. I think the Lamar Jackson Jackson, uh, factors playing in. I mean, oh, even though he's two and four, he's still ranked six, which is pretty high in the rankings. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Other than that, I think uh, everything else fell in line. Uh, As far as the season's gone, I'm surprised Jay's so low. I figured he would be competing for a playoff spot and he still may be. I just I wouldn't expect I wouldn't have expected him to be this low this early on of the season.
0: Yeah, I um I, I'm trying to think back here a little bit. Um but I just initially just hearing you go off with the power rankings and you had Jay I think you had Jay what, um uh seventh. I, I think I had Jay even lower, so um you know, obviously people like him better than, than I did. I think I had Jay tenth on my power rankings um you know i just yeah, i just feel like i, I just feel like hes and and taxes is better, but I also was really high on on o i i still have him fifth, and I think it is the the whole lamar jackson thing i it, it, his record's not a great, but jackson just is is so powerful you know it's hard to it's hard to discount that since he basically carried o the entire season last year um you know i i think hes is maybe undervalued think his team is pretty good um it has some players that have been banged up and 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 could be returning here to even boost him up a little bit so that might be someone you see uh make a little bit more of a push yeah uh, i
1: thought he might he might be a little higher in the rankings but he's such a fucking cocksucker so uh, that's probably why he's sitting at seven <laughs>
0: It, uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll transition to Vegas Odds, uh, obviously brought to you by the one and only Banks. Uh, I have a three marquee matchups this week. Uh, I think there's, there's three games that are pretty pivotal to the standings and playoff push. Um, and we'll, go, uh, we'll start the Vegas Odds with the first one. I have myself uh, playing Burt. I got myself as a 21-point favorite in that matchup. I have it as a marquee matchup because I think this is a big week for Burt. Obviously, between Burt uh, o, uh, o, Taxes, Hebs, you know, there's, there's a bunch of guys there that are all jockeying for position that are not necessarily, you know, uh, I think they're in a, a big, solid middle group. So I think it's a big week for Burt. Um, you know, he's uh, who knows? Obviously, I, I made a deal. Um, Maybe 21 is a little bit low, but that's where I have it set. Um, The next game I have YouSoup going against Stex. This is not really worth a a discussion. Uh, It's Soup uh, minus 67 against Stex. This won't be pretty. I don't think this will be close. I don't foresee uh, this even being worth paying attention to, to over the weekend. Uh, Burt is going against Jigga. Uh, this is another going to be – we'll see what Jigga's team is. <laughs> they obviously overproduced last week. Um, are they somewhere in the middle? Are they not? This, this was a tough line. I have Burt, though, as a favorite, minus 10, going against Jigga. Uh, Jay versus Stex. I have Jay minus 18 going against Stex. Um, I, I think he wins that, that matchup. Um, Stex hasn't really put much of, an, much of a fight up in, in really m- m- most of his matchups. Taxes I have against Trophy. This is a marquee matchup. Obviously, I mentioned those guys as, uh, you know, in that, in that, uh, net center group that tussle i think playoff positioning this is a big matchup for both teams i have taxes as a slight favorite minus three against trophy um obviously this could go anyway any any way um I, that's going to be one i'll definitely watch throughout the weekend Hebes against Corky. Corky's obviously sold off i got Hebes as a solid favorite minus 31 again i don't think this is going to be a matchup to follow uh banks uh, i'm going against jay again this is a big matchup for jay um I I like Jay here. I mean, I like myself obviously as a as a, a favorite. I got me a seventeen point favorite against Jay. I know Jay thinks he's gonna get slaughtered after the deal, but I mean, we'll see where we're at with it. It's kinda tough to judge. Um O is playing Fran. Uh let's not even bother with it. I put a line I put O oh, minus seventy. Um he probably will win by more than that. Uh Quirky is going against Fran. I still think Corky has enough talent on the roster, especially with Jackson and Rosen. Um, he probably should be able to beat Fran, no problem. I got Corky minus 18 in that matchup. And then the final uh, big matchup of the week, uh, I have um, O going against Trophy, and I have uh, O minus 8 in that matchup. Trophy has two big – I think this is a big weekend, obviously, for Trophy. Um, you know, I have him here, <coughs> here listed. Uh, in two marquee matchups, so it, it will be uh, very interesting, uh, you know, where he goes with that. Um, <clears throat> another matchup here: uh, Soup versus Ward. Um, I have, uh, again, a matchup of five and one. So actually, I actually have a four marquee matchups. I apologize there, and I have Soup you as a slight favorite. I Have you as a seven and a half point favorite in that matchup against Ward? Uh, your team has been playing well. Has been one of the top scores or the top scorer, uh, you know, all three weeks. Ward has been a very solid producer himself. Uh, that's going to be one I'll be tuned into all weekend. And finally, uh, 20s and taxes are going to be uh, uh, locking up. I have 20s as a 10-point favorite against taxes in that matchup. And that concludes the Vegas odds for the week. And uh, we'll transition to uh, a popular segment: uh, Stardom and sit 'em uh let's start at quarterback and give me your stardoms.
1: All right. Like every week, there's about 20 quarterbacks that I like at stardom. But I'm going to start off with Lamar Jackson. Uh, they play Kent State. They had a little bit of a rough week last week against Clemson, and I think he bounces back and comes out to prove a point this week. I uh, also have uh, Mason Rudolph at home against TCU. Uh, I think it has the potential for a shootout. and uh, I really like Mason Rudolph when he plays at home. And I really like the tools he has at receiver, and I predict him having a big game. And then thirdly, I have Luke Falk. He uh, bounced back from the injury last week, put up six touchdowns, one away from the school record. Uh, They got Nevada coming into town. who runs sort of a uh, similar style offense. So it's got the potential for a fast, fast-moving, high, high pat, uh high-paced. Uh, if Nevada can somewhat stay in the game, I think Fox uh, got. He's very capable of putting
0: up huge numbers this week.
1: Those are my three quarterback stardom's.
0: Uh, for me, stardom's uh, with my former quarterback. I think he's gonna. He had a monster game last week against a subpar com, uh, competition. They play Old Dominion this week from Corky. Uh, I'm absolutely starting Josh Jackson. Uh, him and Phillips have found a really nice bond early on in the season. Uh, he he put up big numbers already. I think he's going to duplicate that. I think he's going to have another huge weekend. Uh, Josh Jackson's a, a big-time start for me. Um, another player that I, I, I will say that I would start, I like JT Barrett against UNLV. Uh, we've been waiting for him to break out, waiting for him to break out. I think this is the game. Um, I I think he's going to have a big game against UNLV like JT Barrett in that matchup. And uh, my final stardom is uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon. Um, They're playing Arizona State. Arizona State is absolutely dog shit. Um, I would expect the game to be somewhat high scoring. I think you may see some turnovers. Uh, But I, I think Herbert is in line to have a pretty big game against Arizona State. Um, I in fact, I, I anybody on Oregon's offense is probably a must start. I think in this matchup, um, but yeah, I, I like him pretty well as a stardom. Uh, as far as situms uh, players that I'm not really sure, I like their matchup. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold against Cal. Not necessarily because Cal's some great defense, but um, they're coming off of that big big overtime win. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how they bounce back and how they how they do that, uh, you could see a, a struggle in that matchup. Um, obviously, Cal's been focusing, you mentioned earlier, about running the ball. Uh, you could see a more low-scoring affair in that one. So, Darnold would be a sit for me. Um, <clears throat> uh, another situm for me is actually... Uh, I'm sorry, Oop, lost my notes. Uh, okay, another situm for me is uh, Twi- uh, Taequann Marshall. He didn't really produce uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago in his matchup. A couple touchdowns, but not the yardage. I think Pitt's front uh, seven is solid. Um, you know, I don't know, I think their more issue their issues are more in the secondary. I'm not sure if Georgia Tech has athletes to outdo Pitt. I wouldn't start Marshall. Doesn't seem like he's 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 a big start. Um, and uh, and lastly, as a as a non starter for me is um, you know uh, Kenny Hill against Oklahoma State. Uh, I think again, Kenny Hill. Puts up nice numbers against uh, the children of the poor. Oklahoma State is going to be a big matchup against him. Um, I, I, I'm not comfortable starting him. Uh, I would keep an eye out on him, though, because this could be one of those weeks. If he does produce, hell, you know, maybe he's turned the corner. But uh, for me, I, it's not worth the risk. Soup, uh, three of your sit Yeah,
1: I'll echo you on Kitty Hill. I got him listed here uh, going in to Stillwater. Uh, I just, he's due for a bad game. And I think this has all the makings of a of a bad game for him. Oklahoma State's got a pretty tough defense there at home. And I I see it as a game where Kenny Hill could get loose with the ball like he's known to do from time to time and have a lot of turnovers and maybe even get pulled from that game. Uh, I also have Eric Dungy here from Syracuse. They're going on the road to Baton Rouge, playing a very uh, – well, going into the last week, I thought you had a good defense, but they got torched by Mississippi State, but I still think that's a tough, tough matchup for Dungy this week, so I'm sitting him, and then lastly here, I had David Blue of Purdue, uh, they're at home against Michigan, but that Michigan defense seems pretty tough, and I don't think you'll have, uh, you know, even close to an average week this week.
0: Uh, let's transition over to uh, running back soup. Uh, Let's get some starters for you. Who do you like? Uh, Who do you really like in their matchups? I like Mark Walton
1: out of Miami this week. Uh, We haven't seen much out of Miami just because of the weather situation, but they're at home against Toledo. I predict they'll be on the ground, and they'll be on the ground a lot, uh, trying to keep that Toledo offense off the field. So I think Mark Walton will have a big game. I have uh, John Kelly versus UMass. That guy seems about the only positive out of Tennessee's offense so far this year, and they rely heavily on him, and I think they'll do so again this week. And then lastly, I have Bryce Love at home against UCLA. Uh, we saw what Texas AM was able to do with the running game against UCLA,
0: and Bryce Love's that type of back,
1: and I could see him having
0: a big game. Um. <clears throat> As far as uh, I'm concerned, here with some stardoms or some matchups I really like, uh, I, some guys that you haven't touched on. I, I 100% agree with Walton. I think that's a big, that's a good. Uh, I mean, that's a no-brainer there. I think he had a great uh, game, the one game that they did play. I don't think Toledo is going to be able to do much to stop him on the run. So yeah, I would echo Walton. But I also um, am a big fan of uh, of Miles Gaskin this week. You saw his touchdowns increase last week. They're in. They're now going to be in Pac-10 play, Pac-12 play. Uh, you know, league matchup against Colorado. I think you're going to see his touches move up. I think you're going to see the focus on him move up, and, and I think he's a, a must start. Um, I I you you took Cali from me, so I'll go with Justin Crawford as another one on my list out of West Virginia. Um, they're going against Kansas. That's a really uh, a nice matchup. Uh, a matchup that you would like to see. Um, I, I think you're going to see, uh, points put up pretty, uh, pretty easily. And then one, maybe a little bit under the radar, but Cam Akers, Florida state, they're going up against NC state, which is not a bad defense, but I'm, I'm with Florida state and their quarterback situation. I think they're going to heavily, they're going to be running that ball. I think they're going to go heavy on it. I think Cam Akers has his breakout moment. Uh, I think everybody's been very, very hyped for this kid wanting to see it in action uh, I think this is the week it, it, he's he's going to come out to the national scene and become a a plus player in in, in the league so Akers would be um you know a uh, a guy that I would definitely start if it was on my roster. Um as far as Sidom's concerns, uh, I don't have many um I think uh Wadley out of Iowa would be one only because he's banged up. He he left the game last week um and he they have him uh they said he's going to start he's going to play Um, But Penn State has a good defense. I know Iowa has a great offensive line. I think Wadley will get touches. I just i am not sure, you know, him being not 100% where the production is going to be there. Um, And then another uh, running back that I would probably steer away from this week is uh, uh, Travion Williams out of Texas A&M. Didn't play last week. They held him out um, with an ankle injury. He's going to play this week against Arkansas. I'm just not as high on him because um, I'm just not sure where our Texas a and offense is going to be. I would uh, imagine Arkansas is going to really pack the box, and this is going to be a big-boy team packing the box. We'll see what uh, A&M responds with. Uh, Soup, some sit from your end. Yeah, I kind of echoing the same sentiment you used with Wadley. Uh,
1: kind of confusing reports coming out of LSU this week that Geis was going to sit this week versus Syracuse. And then later this or earlier this evening, it came out that Geis was actually going to start and play. I'm uh, just not sure how serious that injury is. I'm not sure how much he's going to play, so that that's a guy that I would lean away from starting. Also have Ralph Webb here. I do not like his matchup against Alabama. Uh, the same could be said with Terry Fuller, uh, the running back from Purdue. He's against Michigan. Uh, he seems to be the number one back in that system now, but he's running against a tough Michigan defense, and I do not think he will have a very nice day. Uh, lastly here, I have Patrick Laird out of Cal going to go, going up against USC. Uh, I think USC's defense will be able to focus on the run since Cal is having so much trouble throwing the ball,
0: and I think Laird will have a below-average day. All right, let's uh, transition to some wide receivers, some guys with some good matchups that you really like this week.
1: Yeah, I bet you'd like that. Uh, I got wide receivers. <laughs> my, my list is: it says Banks, wide receivers. <laughs> you got James Washington, uh, Burnett out of USC, Phillips, and then more out of Maryland. Uh, just, man, those four receivers, I don't see how you could sit them at all. Uh, I think they're all four must starts. They have great matchups. They're putting up huge numbers this year. Uh, they're high volume in their offense. And those are four guys I would definitely start. I also got a couple other guys here. Uh, Dante Pettis coming off a huge week, finally scoring an offensive touchdown this year. They travel on the road against Colorado. And, we'll, and that, that's got the potential for a high-scoring affair. And then off the heels of last week, if as long as he's healthy, I like Tavares Martin uh, against Nevada.
0: All right. Uh, some guys for me that I like this week in their matchups. And, uh, obviously, I just uh, – got myself my first L thanks to this gentleman but Carrington he's been phenomenal in the Utah offense um the quarterback seems to really you know look for him and look for him often um he's 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 really good Arizona's not that great on defense uh they're also um, they have a tendency to turn over the ball and not play that great on, a, uh, on the offensive end against better teams. Gives Utah a lot of opportunities to get the ball and get some points on the board. So I like Carrington's matchup against Arizona. I, I think he can do there. Uh, Sammy Cobbs, Indiana, uh, <laughs> playing Georgia Southern. Uh, I think a very safe matchup there. I think you're going to get a lot of points out of him there. Uh, look for a big bounce-back week from Jalen Smith out of Louisville. They're going against Kent State. Uh, he was pretty much shut down in the game against uh, Clemson. I think you, you see Jalen, uh, you know, come back. He's been a guy that's gotten ten plus targets each week. I think that's a really good start uh, for anybody that, that has Jalen. I, I think that's a that's a good. There's there's money in that start there. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I think as far as you can, there's a ton of great starts. But I, I think that's where I would go with that. As far as some some guys that I would maybe shy away from, um, you know, with their matchups uh, this week, uh, uh, I'm I'm either love them or hate them. Canary uh, um, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State only because I think Oregon's going to try to take him out of the ball game. I know he got it back on track last week. I think Oregon knows that if you want to stop them that's that's where you got to do. I, I don't think he's going to have a great a great game, but you know who knows big time players always step up in tough matchups. He would be on my on my non starting list um, <clears throat> another player i actually i mean i know uh, uh, he had a big week last week, and Oklahoma State has really uh, targeted him a lot, but uh uh Atayman, uh tayman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Maybe I got it wrong, but he had a big week last week. But TCU, you know, they're they're a step up from Pitt uh, defensively. I think that will be an interesting matchup on where uh, on where it goes. I, I wouldn't expect a huge uh, a week from him as far as uh, starting uh, to to be able to start him. And then Christian Kirk, uh, I think people have been on the fence with him and not on the fence. Uh, I, I'm not sure you see this until Munn can prove it against top talent against Arkansas, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm very down on the Texas a on the offense until they prove it. So he would be a sit-em for me. Supra, some sit for you. Yeah,
1: uh, the guy that's having a killer year so far, uh, Steve Ishmael out of Syracuse. Uh, had Eric Dungy on there going against LSU, and, and I think uh, his outside re- receiver is going to struggle some this week. Uh, I think they'll have to use the inside receivers, uh, Urban Phillips, Riley, to move the ball. And I, I expect, uh, I think Ekstrom will see some targets, but I don't think he's going to have very many catches this this weekend. Uh, secondly, I have Olamad Zaccheaus. I really just wanted to say his name. Out of Virginia. Uh, he's good. They're going up on the road against a very good Boise State team. He's got a good secondary. I think they're going to make it tough for him to get open this week. And then lastly, there wasn't a whole lot of receivers. I didn't like their matchup. So i kind of just dug through and found Kelvin Harmon uh, on the road against FSU. I think FSU's defense, they're still hurting from that week one loss, and they're, and they're uh, hungry to get out there and uh, put put a hurting on the team they're playing against. And I think Harmon, uh not going to put up very many staffs this week.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I think we say this every week. There's a lot of matchups to like. There's a lot of matchups. There's very little to dislike. There's so many games that go on. I agree with you on on some of those sitems um, yeah i think I think as we get into some of the tougher conference plays we'll we'll get more matchups to kind of avoid. Obviously, depth then becomes an issue in the in the league, so that'll be fun. We'll look into it and see where we go from that week uh, Obviously, I think stardom and sit-ums are always fun just to see you know plays that people like for that given week. Um, next part of our podcast is usually our mailbox. Last week, Jay, I think it was Jay who sent in the question. It was a, a fantastic question, but we were running pretty late, and I didn't want to half ask the the question. So he essentially wanted us to rank each team positional strength, uh, or, you know, uh, where you would rank quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and, and the and the GMs where their strengths are on their roster. So we, we, we pushed it from last week. We're going to give it to you this week. Um, with that being said, there was a lot of research that went into this, um, you know, soup. I, I think we decided that it was, uh, that I would kind of just rank them and then, and you would comment off of them. I think that probably is the best way to go about it. Obviously if you think my, my rankings are off and we'll discuss that. Um, obviously, um, you know, I, I, I'll just run through, we'll start at quarterback. Um, <clears throat> and I won't go into depth with a, a lot of it, but, I will give the all the top fourteen. Uh Jigga I have is dead last. I just not a big fan of his quarterbacks. Dawkins does improve it in big games. Um Taxes, I think he's been I mean uh Herbert's been underwhelming. Browning has not shown up this year. It's really hurt taxes. If Browning starts showing up in, in league play, you know, maybe it'll it'll jump him up. Dex, uh I like Wimbush for next year as a play, um, but, again, his quarterbacks have been underwhelming. Montez as a sophomore, hasn't really put it together, really, for Colorado as a fantasy uh, producer. I have Fran at 11. Um, I like his guys moving in the future. I mean, Hill is is intriguing, Bryant for Clemson, and I even like the kid out of North Carolina, Surratt. Um, I think he has some potential, so I like Fran at 11 only just because of the, the future potential. Trophy at 10. Uh, he is a Syracuse kid. Um, he's been doing well for him. Uh, Heaves I have at nine with Jalen Hurts. And and then he has uh, the kid out of Texas that he's still in love with. And I guess the coach likes him, too, because he's going to start him this week. Um, eight, I have You Soup with Greer and JT. I would probably have you higher on this list if JT was playing like he did last year, if he was actually producing. Uh, because he hasn't, I, I do have you a little bit, uh, I have your group as a whole lower. I do like Greer. I think he's awesome. Um, seventh on the list, I have Corky. He was much higher on the list, obviously, but I, I now when you start getting into the, the top end here, you got to have the top producers. I have Corky as seventh only because uh, I'm not a big believer in Rosen. I think you see his production drop off. Jackson is one for the future. Uh, again, he's just outside the top ten producer at this point. So I have Corky at seven. Um, six, I have 20s. Fitzgerald is a beast. Um, he's a, he's you know one of the top uh, QBs in the league. I'm a big fan of him. I think he proved that he can do it against top talent last week. So I have 20s at six. Uh, five, I have Burt. Uh, he has Mason Rudolph. He's a stud. Um, he's going to carry the load. He's He's been unbelievable this year. Just I don't think he's throwing a pink at this point. So. As far as the top five, uh, Bert will start me off of there. I'm, uh, I really like uh, Rudolph. I, I mentioned in the preseason, I thought he was his combination with Rudolph and and, uh, and the kid out of LSU, the running back Grice, uh, would carry the load for Bert and, and get him into the playoffs. Obviously, Grice hasn't produced, but Rudolph has. At four, I have Ward, and he doesn't have a top producer. But the reason I like him, I have him that high, is because he has three really good options each and every single week that he can play. And he could play the 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 matchup ball game against. So, I mean, Trace is I think the 11th highest point per game scorer. Huntley out of Utah has been really good, and Baker Mayfield has been uh, Baker. I mean, he's not been elite to this point, but he's just there. he's just underneath that cusp. I mean, Ward has three really really great running backs. Um, <clears throat> at three, I have uh, myself um, with uh, Simonek out of ten, uh, Texas Tech, and then Marshall. I, I could probably drop on this list depending on what Marshall does. Um, we'll see how he produces moving forward. He had a great week one, not so much the second week. Then, obviously, Mother Nature plays a factor. At two, I have O, um, only because Lamar is Lamar, and Lamar is going to carry the load. He's the number one quarterback in the league. But outside of Lamar, O doesn't have much, um, and, and that's the only reason I don't have him at the number one spot. Who I do have at the number one spot is Jay um, but even now, I question that a little bit. If, Patter- if Patterson can't play without his, his star wide receiver, that knocks him. But Luke Falk's amazing. Patterson's, I think, I think Falk and Luke are, uh, I mean, Luke Falk and, and Patterson are both, like, top five, six fantasy quarterbacks in the league. Uh, it's hard to argue against that depth. Um, Soup, your thoughts on, you know, any of the, t- if you want to do the, the whole top 14 or just my top five, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's Quarterback's probably the hardest
1: to, to judge on this list because depth isn't important. So you kind of struggle with, do you do you rank the guy's top guy or do you kind of put more weight into if he's got a second guy that, that could start on most teams or if he's got a third guy possibly, like you said, with Ward. Uh, it's, it's, t- it's tough to argue with any of those. Uh, most guys have at least one decent, decent to great starting quarterback. And a few guys have too. So I mean, any arguing there would be splitting hairs at, at this point.
0: Yeah, I I think that the, I I struggle with that too. Do you just base it off the top QB or do you do the depth? I, I figured if you're going to do a power rankings, you got to figure in all the depth. I think I I was I was in between putting oh one or two between him and Jay, but I just thought you know it's just too much with Patterson and Falk and to, to not put him number one. The other thing I struggled too was with. Uh, with Burt in 20s against Ward, Ward doesn't have the top producer, but, I mean, he has three really, really good options um, where the other two just have the the top option. Um, so I didn't put Ward up there just because of the depth. Uh, I think that played a role there. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I saw the quarterbacks. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll transition over to running backs as well again. I'll, uh, I'll, just, I'll just list the, the players, uh, you know, 14 on. Fourteenth, uh, I had Fran. There's not real much to talk about there. I guess No is is a prospect uh, kid out of t- and, uh, TCU. Anderson's another kid. Um, at thirteen, I had Corky. Uh, he has Petaway, but his big uh, his big boys are Epstein that he just traded for, who I think is gonna is going to be a long term producer. And then he has Sermon out of OU. That's going to be the guy. You know that- what? You yeah. already
1: traded Epstein. You don't got to keep blowing him to-, to make the trade look good. All right, we 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 know the that we able to serve.
0: in the month. I think that's that's a little harsh, but um, you know, I just want to say, you know, he's, he's freshman putting up numbers. So, uh, but again, OU's sermon is is the one that he's the bell cow. He's going to be the the big time producer for Corky's team there. Um, <clears throat> at uh, at twelve, I had Jigga. Oh, I'm sorry. No, at uh yeah, at twelve at Jigga. He's got a he's got that next year level talent. Uh I would love to have that stable of backs to choose from. Next year, uh, I'm really high on what, what Jigga has going on there. Uh Stext I have in there as well. Um he has he's got some guys. I like Kelly Martin. Um he's the guy he got the kid out of uh, Washington that I like a lot as well. Um <clears throat> let's see going on here. Jay he has got Crockett Moss. Uh, again, some nice backs there. Um, looking at at my list here, Rodney,
1: he's got Rodney Smith as well that he picked up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he also has, like you said, uh, Rodney Smith. He got hurt with Warren and Weber. Uh, Weber, uh, Warren starting to turn the corner, but I mean, Lo- Weber losing his job like that, getting Wally pipped, really really hurt him. Also, Alabama not really establishing a dominant back. Um, also hurts him a little bit. Uh, he has Harris, who's uh, a hype freshman, and he also has Bo. Neither has really done anything this year, so I think Jay really got hurt by his backs either getting injured or, you know, just not producing to the level. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's where I put there. Uh, nine, I have Hebes. Uh I, I, I like his collection of backs. I will say that olison has been pretty good for him, but there's some rumors going on that he may be losing his carries. Uh, So I'd keep an eye on that. But he has uh, Akers, who's yet to really get on the scene, but I think he's going to be amazing. Um, So I really like, I I, I like he's stable of backs, Jones, Ellis, Wilson, Benson. Um, I'm a big fan of Wilson out of Duke. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I think uh, he's going to be pretty good. Um, At eight, I have Burt. Again, Burt's guys, if, if Geis played like the Heisman candidate, he'd probably be a lot higher on this list. He also got fortunate with Dob, uh, Dobbins, um, but I have him here at eighth. Uh, he also has Webb, Sony, Michelle. Uh, McMillan's just under underwhelming to me, uh, but he has Snell, who's a, a pretty good back. Uh, seven, I have Ward. Obviously, I mean, the depth on these running backs is just nuts. To have somebody like Ward at seventh, I mean, you know, there's a ton of running backs. But he got Chubb, he got Hill, he has Adams. Um, Williams, Hasty, the Baylor duo, it'll be interesting what happens there if uh, they get healthy and they start feeding those guys, and and where he goes, I think there's some room there. Nall, um, he also has from Oregon State, who's a good back. Um, Sean Taylor hurt him a little bit here, just because out of uh, Wisconsin, they uh, shot out of Wisconsin, Taylor out of Arizona injuries and just getting beat out by better talent. Um, you know, he'd probably be a little bit higher if that played out different. Um, taxes, uh, I have at six. He has Gaskin again. Gaskin really hasn't produced to what fantasy owners expected he's starting to turn it around a little bit so maybe there's some room he has both Williams boys and Montgomery um his depth is not nearly as good as some of the other players below him but I I still think that with Gaskins I think he's going to produce so that's my uh six through 14 any any comments on that soup no I think it's pretty fair I mean it's kind of easy to rank the bottom teams it'll be real, real
1: interested to see where you have the top five
0: yeah, um, well, we'll start at five, and at five I actually have soup. You have Brown, Fuller, Balazs, Freeman, and Williams. Freeman's the bell cow. He's been the best back in the country, best producer in the country. Uh, he's extremely talented, huge fan of his. Um, the reason I have you a little bit lower here, I, and I love Fuller out of Purdue. Um, I thought that was a fantastic pickup by you. Um, you know, I, I think he's a really good back. Um, Belage, Arizona State just needs to use this man. Just give him fucking twenty, twenty-five touches. It's so frustrating to see some this kid with that much talent just, just, just rotting away on that offense. Um, but I have you at five. Uh, I got four uh, at four. I have Su- uh, O. Oh, I think he probably would have been lower until we made the trade for Laird. Uh, I, I like Laird. Uh, Samuels is running back eligible. That's where he plays. Um, Lindsey out of Colorado's decent. Snell out of Kentucky's really good. Coleman has underperformed. Again, all of Washington's players seem to be underperforming. Uh, he also has Wilson from Duke. He just picked up, which I'm not as high on him. And then Harrison what? is his other running back there. Got O at
1: four. What's talking on O two? You got to factor in Lamar Jackson and his running capability.
0: That's sure, like having
1: another, another fucking running back on the roster.
0: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That guy's gonna put like 150 and three touchdowns just on the on the on the ground. So yeah, that also factors in a little bit. But I I strictly went with true pure running backs here. Um, I, I guess if you factor that in, he might be even higher. Um, at three, I got Trofe. Uh, I I really liked Wadley. I've always been really really high on Wadley. He also has uh as I will no longer butcher his name, the kid out of Virginia. I call him the Z Man. I think you said he's a great start at wide receiver. He actually is running back eligible in this league, so he's uh, he's pretty he's pretty uh, useful for a trophy there. He he just traded he traded for Bryce Love out of uh, Stanford. I like him. He's got Brooks uh, Jackson, a uh, kid out of South Carolina, um, Dowdy, and then he picked up the running back from Nebraska, Wilbon. Um, obviously, you know that's we'll see where that goes with there. But he 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 did okay in his matchup. I don't think. He's uh, the answer for Nebraska there, um, so we'll see what what happens with him. But I have Trophy at three, at two I have actually twenties. Uh, he is the kid out of Tennessee. When Kelly, he has Crawford, uh, Johnson, and Brown. Those guys are really really good, especially Kelly. He I had him as a situm I think against Florida, and he absolutely balled out against them. Um, you know, so I, I'm a believer there. I think Crawford's only going to get stronger as the season progresses. Um, and he has the Auburn running back. So I have him at two at one. I I put myself, um, (laughs) but it's kind of hard to argue against it when you got, you know, Barkley, who's the second best back in the, in the, in the game right now, uh, Walton, who's produced at high levels, uh, the freshman out of uh, Wisconsin Taylor, who some questioned the price I paid for him, but he's been playing well. Williams Hicks. Hicks has really been a non-factor on my team, but he's still a good back. Um, and, and so I, I put myself there with those, with those big boys. Obviously I picked up Johnson for te- depth. I still have Tilford. I still have Hayden. I, I picked up Moss. So, and then the kid out of LSU. So there's a lot of even young backs there, potential down the road. Um, your thoughts on the top five soup. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good list. I agree with me being,
1: I might even put myself a little lower. Just, I know I am top heavy with Freeman, but after that, I just, My running backs are really struggling. I might have to make a move there if I want a chance to win a title. But uh, what's scary about your team is your team's been this good, and Walton's only played one game. I mean, that guy's a top-ten back. So it's going to be
0: really interesting seeing your team move forward with this high-powered offense. Yeah. It'll be curious uh, if – I mean, with Walton, it's going to be curious what that Miami offense is going to look like. Obviously, they're going to get Richards back here. Where they where they move uh, Walton is a good back man. There's no question with that. We um, just haven't seen much out of Miami. Um, you know, so we'll see when they get all their weapons together, how they they spread the ball around, how things will happen. Um, you know, again, I, I like like you said, I think for the most part. Um, you know, the top three backs are, are really solid. And then after that, you know, there's good backs there. But, you know, they all got in injury issues with Hicks, Williams, and uh, and Johnson. So we'll see. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, I'll move over to wide receiver. Um, I didn't go huge in-depth with this because there's so many God dang wide receivers. Um, but I'll just go through my list, 14 through 6. Uh, 14, Spoiler alert.
1: Banks is going to be number one.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we could spoil that now. But uh fourteen no. I have Fran, thirteen Bert, twelve Quirky, eleven tac uh specs, tenth I have Taxes, ninth I have Jigga, um Ward I have Ace. Oh, O I have seventh, and sixth I have Trophy. Um, you know, so that that was my, my fourteen. There's way too many guys to start highlighting, but I will for the top five. in uh, fifth I have twenties. Uh, he has uh, a, a, the kid out of Texas Tech who's been really, really good. Um, Ray Ray McLeod out of Clemson, who I didn't think uh, I was joking around <laughs> that he was just going to be a DB. Twenties um, took him, rolled the dice, and it's paid off in a big way. He's had a really good year so far, Has been uh, and he's had a good, a good games and big games. So, obviously – um you know the quarterback has trust in him he has a kid out of USC Mitchell um he has uh Stanley L from Nebraska uh so he's he got his Huskers there um he has Stewart Tate Brown and Johnson he's got really good depth there young guys uh i i like 20s crew um i mean, i guess they i i almost put them a little bit higher but i i kept them there just because of you know just top end talent i i think uh he has depth, but I, the top end guys, I'm not sure he has. Um, at four, I have ATM uh, out of uh, with Jay, uh, ATM Pettis, Ridley, Sims, Lodge. Uh, you figure with Mississippi's injury, um, Lodge is going to step up. Uh, I think him and Metcalf will get a lot more touches. Um, I think you could see both those guys increase their fantasy production. So Jay is going to be the benefactor there. Um, Sims uh, is another uh, wide receiver that. Um, I think has it w- will produce here uh, Ridley out of Alabama. If it's not Hurt, it's Ridley. So I-, I think those two guys are, are are good producers. Pettis, I think he's going to explode. I'm still super high on him, and that's probably why Jay may be higher than he should be. But you know, I really like Pettis. At three, I actually have Soup. I have you there at three. Uh, you have Ishmael, uh, who's been great. He's filled in. Uh, you know, he's, he's bounced back. I think some people were a little worried about him, but he bounced back great this year. He's been the number one target, produced great fantasy numbers to this point. Uh, Sills has been a huge pickup for you. You've, you, you targeted him. You got him. Um, you know, former quarterback turned wide receiver. He's been, uh, you know, Greer's go-to guy in tough spots. Um, Jennings had a ton of targets game one, but it seems like Sills is the man. Um, notwithstanding, uh, you got, uh, J- uh, Jalen Smith out of Louisville that you just picked up. I love that pickup. I was really high on him. Uh, I still think he's going to get 10 plus targets most weeks. He did struggle last week, but he's still good. Kid out of Cal Wharton, um, had a really good game slot wide receiver. Cal is struggling. You did mention that. Um, but you know, he's still going to produce. He's, he's probably one of their, uh, top target guys at wide receiver. I just mentioned with Lodge, uh, it applies to Metcalf as I also mentioned him. If if um, you know Brown is down, uh, Metcalf and Lodge get increased targets, increased production, and finally you have Wilson out at wide receiver as well. Uh, again, big fan uh, of this group. It's a really good group. I, I mean, it's it's you're splitting hairs in the top five, I think. Um, I have Heebs at, at at number two. Um, he has uh, Cobb's, which I, I mean, he's going to be a beast all season long. He proved it against Ohio State. He's going to be a top fantasy producer. Uh, I, I'm really big on Fitzpatrick. He did struggle last week. I did call that he was going to struggle last week, but I think against lesser talent, he's going to put up big numbers. Um, he's a freshman. Um, I think he's going to have a big rest of the season. Uh, Jennings, uh, he's he had that big week one. He's kind of tapered down, tapered down. So I mean. I, I mean, I could see where you could make a case to actually put soup at two and and he's at three. Uh, He has a tech tech kid, Cantrell Johnson. Um, He's gotten absolutely nothing, and Notre Dame's got absolutely nothing out of St. Brown, which is really shocking because St. Brown had a really, really good year last year. I was pretty high on the kid coming into this year. Um, He hasn't produced whatsoever. If he can get anything out of this guy, maybe there's a chance, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a chance for Heebs to solidify his number two spot here um he also got Bracy and Jones um I haven't done much and then of course there's me uh, at one um you know uh, toot, the names the names speak for themselves, but when you have Washington Phillips, and Burnett they're all um, top ten fantasy producers at the position. It's kind of hard to go against it uh you, then you got the kid out of Minnesota and Johnson who's really good uh, and's been producing really well uh more out of. Maryland, who's been the number one target for both quarterbacks there, and then the kid out of Duke had a bounce, had a good week one, struggled week two, had a good week three, and then there's a couple of young guys like Ray Gore uh, on the roster as well. I had them at one. Your your overall thoughts on the top five, soup? Where did you have Bert on the list? Um, Not Bert. Had, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ward. Oh, I had Ward eighth on the list. Really. Yeah, and the reason I had Ward 8th on the list, he has um, some good depth on players, but he doesn't have the top-end guys. They're, they're, you know, the top fantasy points-per-game producers. Um, He has steady production, but he doesn't have the top-end guys. So that's kind of why, you know, Ward went down a little bit on my list uh, versus where some of the other guys were. I kind of, when I looked at it, I, I went and I looked at, you know, who had, you know, the you know top 20 fantasy producers, top 40, top 60, et cetera, et cetera. And that's kind of how I based it off. And then I looked at rosters, saw who was underperforming, overperforming, et cetera, and kind of went from there. I, I mean, I guess you, I mean, obviously you like Ward more. I mean, you like his guys. Well, I like,
1: you know, A.J. Brown and Darren Carrington.
0: I yeah, mean, well, are... there, but again, Brown, if he's out for the year, which is a possibility, who knows at this point they haven't. Really said what's going on with him. Obviously, if Brown is back being healthy, he he vaults up back to the top of the list. Um, but I I am it didn't look good his injury, um, you know so that's kind of why another reason why Ward was a little bit lower. Uh, I guess it all depends on what happens with Brown.
1: Yeah, I guess after look you know looking over his roster right now, a lot of that was maybe just name recognition and like just predicting on what they're like Campbells these not playing as good as i thought he would be turpin yeah turpin's and down jamon moore's down uh urban phillips didn't play him as well as i thought he would so yeah he's probably you're probably right to have him a little lower than than what i was expecting
0: yeah because you're 100 percent right when you look at the names i mean you got paris campbell you got turpin um you have uh i mean turpin's been another one jesus he's he was a top fa- – I thought he was going to be a top fantasy producer. Dude's only putting up 10 a game. Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, so his production has just disappeared. Uh, Paris Campbell has been a non-factor. He, he. he um, you know, for Ohio State, they just can't get that offense going. And like you said, Moore had a, a big week and then has kind of tapered off. So, like, the names are there. The production just isn't. And so, you know, and, and then if Brown is hurt, that's kind of my case for that. Um, anyone else uh, – did you think I have underrated or overrated?
1: No, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue numbers, and you put a lot of into it. And I, I think you're clearly number one, and it's not even close. I mean, you might be number one and number two at the receiver position. You're so deep there. Uh, did, you, did you even mention the guy out of Northwestern, the receiver you had? Yeah.
0: I think it's, it's pronounced Skolrenek or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty deep at that position and and I just and I just killed it a little bit more when I added Burnett. Um you know, and and I ended up trading Richard. So, I mean, yeah, it's it just it's it's a position I'm a plus plus at and I'm it's going to carry me as far as I go. It's going to be that position. Yeah,
1: I mean, do you
0: have any interest in maybe trading one of those
1: guys now that you're so deep there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me personally, I, there's some guy – I mean, I I like my running backs. I obviously put myself number one overall, but I'm not in love, and I think you can make strong cases for other players, other GMs that have a stronger batch of backs than me. Um, so that might be a position that I want to maybe look into upgrading. Um, yeah, I would – you know me, dude. My uh, my door is always open for trade talks. It's my favorite part of the league. I love talking trade with people. I love trading players, whether it be, you know, college fantasy football league or when I was a GM in the main board sim league or in Madden leagues, we're in Madden leagues together. I, I enjoy the GMing aspect more than the actual results of what happens. Um, I just like talking and trade and, and negotiating and going back and forth and I mean, is I there
1: even a position you can improve it?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: How I mean, many we're not ranking score?
0: kickers in defense, so maybe there.
1: How many points do you think you score this week? Um, two twenty.
0: Two twenty. Two twenty. Two twenty. Two twenty. If I if I score under two hundred, I'd be I'd be. I, I'd probably be on suicide watch. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think with the lineup and the matchups I have, especially at wide receiver, I mean, more Phillips, Washington, and uh, you would think Washington's still going to get his targets, even though they're playing TCU and Burnett. Um, yeah, that those guys right there, you're, you're, you know, yeah, I, you're talking about a hundred. They may points. put up.
1: They may put a 200 by themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, no, not that good. I, I think they could probably put 100 up. But, yeah, I, I always worried about running back, dude. I feel like running back is the position they get, they take more of a pounding and guys drop. And I've had really bad luck, too, with quarterbacks at the end of the year dying on me. So, um, you know, I, I drafted Boykin. He, he died on me. I mean, I traded for Boykin. He died on me. Um, you know, so I've been hit with injuries late in the game. So, you know, I like my team right now, um, but anything can happen in this league. Anything can happen. So, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see another tight week of action. It's always good when uh, you have tough games and everybody's tuned in and watching to the very, very end. I, I think that's for sure. Um, yeah, any other thoughts you wanted to add in here?
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: uh, good. We could call it a night. Yeah, absolutely. I think we touched a lot of we, – we covered a lot of ground. Obviously, we didn't have all the bells and whistles to our podcast this week. Hopefully, we'll have that back in order next week. Um, you know, Soup, final thoughts before we sign off here, man.
1: No, just like you said, I hope we have another exciting week. Uh, it definitely makes it a lot more entertaining uh, when people are biting their nails, coming down to the to the final game, the final whistle. So,
0: thanks for
1: listening, if you listen, and we'll be back next week
0: yeah absolutely. everyone. Thank you for tuning in, listening even if you download it afterwards uh and listen to us uh Babylon we do it for you guys um you know if you guys don't listen and don't like it, then we wouldn't put the effort. We put a lot of time in hours upon hours to make these rankings and these lists um you know, and sometimes it beats us down, so if you guys do enjoy it, you know just let us know, tell us to keep going uh, it's always... I
1: need to apologize real quick, yeah, go ahead. Earlier, I called Heaves. To... A fucking cocksucker. I didn't mean it. I mean to call him a fucking cocksucking bitch. That's what I am meant to call him. So.
0: <laughs> and with that, we're out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week. Congrats, trophy. Oh, God damn It won't let me stop it. <laughs> did you not record it? No, I did. It says it's recording, but it's not letting me stop it. Dead air,
1: dead air, dead air,
0: oh my god, panic, cut the black, it's not letting me stop it, it would be our fucking luck, after all the shit that's been going on, that I can't get this motherfucker to stop recording, oh my god, I'm not hitting the terminate button, no fucking way, let me refresh Mm. this motherfucker,